0: Welcome or welcome back. In this episode, we will discuss John 15. I recommend reading Deuteronomy 30, Ezekiel 18, and John 15. Ponder how they relate together. See the common message. We're going to go a little deeper to hopefully provoke new thought and curiosity. Let's open up our minds together for new insights. As usual, we're going to go really fast through this. Please feel free to pause, think, and reflect upon it. Verse 1, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. The vine dresser is like a farmer. Please listen to the podcast, Be Clay. We are to give ourselves over to the farmer for pruning like clay to the potter. In the podcast, Be Clay, there is much discussion about this. Verse 2, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Bearing fruit is good. The parts that do not bear fruit are cut away. We are to let go of sinful ways, thoughts, and behaviors as we cling to God's good more and more. God will not make or force us to let go. We must choose it. Verse 3 You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Words spoken by Jesus can clean if we believe in them. Take them in, walk in them, and live by them. If we hear them, but do not let them take shape and form in us, how can we be cleaned? How can we be clean if we cling to what is not clean? Verse 4. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. Notice the word unless. It's used twice. Jesus is clearly taking this metaphor of branch, vine, and fruit and applying it to disciples. Jesus is saying in order to bear fruit, an alignment with Jesus will be required. We need to align our inward selves with Jesus who aligned inwardly with God. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Jesus repeats and begins describing consequences from aligning or not. Jesus describes what can happen through alignment with Jesus. Two results can happen, bears much fruit, or without me you can do nothing. The NIV translation uses the phrase remain in me and in verse 5 says apart from me you can do nothing. That's the NIV version. We're using the New King James version. Jesus seems to be warning the disciples not to depart from what they have learned. We can remain with Jesus through actively beginning each day with Jesus. We can bring into our consciousness who Jesus is and what character or principles Jesus lived by. John fourteen six, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The character of Jesus is the truth and the way. If we remain with Jesus, we remain with the character of Jesus. And since we all fall short of that character, we all have room to improve and grow. If we choose not to grow, we choose to remain partially with Jesus, and partially not with Jesus. John 14:15. If you love me, keep my commandments. Notice the clause here, if you love me. Jesus is well aware we fall short, and that we know we are to seek, follow, grow, increase, and improve with Jesus. We are to keep seeing how we can grow with the great commandments. John fourteen twenty three to 24 Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. Jesus is describing a contingency. Loving Jesus will be keeping his word. Not keeping his word may not be loving Jesus. This is not black and white. We can love Jesus some of the time with some of our hearts and still get spiritually fed. Yet doing it this way, without further growth, will be a form of denying ourselves an opportunity to be more with Jesus, to get more fed, to be more full. The great commandment says to love God with our all, all our heart, all our mind, all our strength, all our soul. That means we devote our inward being as much as possible to love Jesus as the truth and the way, and apply that truth and that way inwardly. The correct way, through the biblical instructions, is to do it with zeal, diligence, and have suffering. There is endurance and perseverance. For more on this, please listen to the podcast series, Growth Formula. I believe most of us will see the words, hear sermons, and ultimately look around to see what others are doing. We tend to look for validation to confirm what we're learning. We look around and see what other people are doing and ask for their inputs. It's easy to follow the herd. Few of us will do more than what is demonstrated by others. The do as I say, not as I do approach doesn't work. We need demonstrators. We need people to step up, One of us has to rise up and do it. Merely reading and talking is insufficient for change. Ask any addict. We can talk about the instructions our entire lives, fooling ourselves into thinking we're doing good because we believe we're learning. The goal is to abide in Jesus. Inward authority is about keeping the focus upon abiding in Jesus. Anything else can be a distraction from the goal. Let's get back to John 15, verse 6. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. The idea of being burned can be scary. It's a big deal. It's not clear what exactly that is, though. Let's focus on the process of withering. Remember, Jesus is speaking to disciples that are aligned, or at least well aligned, with Jesus. The disciples are productive, spiritually productive filling their hearts and minds with God's goodness every day. They are filled with love and peace. They have questions, they get confused, they get frustrated, and they have some suffering. But they are content with Jesus and living the way of Jesus the best they can. So the disciples are filled with love and peace and contentment. What would it be like to wither away from that? We're not made of wood, like from a tree, so we don't have leaves on us that are dying. But we do have the senses and the feelings and the thoughts, our faith and beliefs. Those things can wither. Jesus is referring to a spiritual starvation of God's righteousness and goodness. This withering is a gradual emptying of love and peace within us. We can slowly die inside, grow empty, and spiritually dry up. I believe Jesus is saying we need to cling to God's goodness and righteousness for spiritual fulfillment as though it were food to keep us healthy, to keep us alive. It is food for our soul. As we sincerely humble our inward selves to give ourselves over to God's love and peace, we can be filled. Now, I relate to this. This has been my experience. I have experienced a sense of dying inside, a withering way as I pursued a self-seeking way of life outside of God's grace, goodness, and righteousness. I experienced this repeatedly through trial and error and have heard hundreds of testimonies about it. For me, this is a fact. This idea agrees with Paul in Romans 11.23 And they also, if they do not continue in unbelief, will be granted in, for God is able to graft them in again. Please note the contingency here. If... They do not continue in unbelief. Contingencies are used throughout scripture. Do a concordance search on the phrase, Those who. The word if is a good one to watch for. Let's look at John 15.7. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit so you will be my disciples. Jesus says, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you. There's that word if again. And if I'm abiding in Jesus, then I am with Jesus. I am with Jesus in my thoughts and interests. My desires are in line with Jesus and the desires of Jesus. So whatever I ask will be what Jesus wants. If I ask for something to grow, self-seeking, pride, money, vanity, or any other form of sin, then I will not be abiding with Jesus. In my experience, the feeling of feeding the soul, heart, and mind through cooperating with God's righteousness is something that teaches spiritual truth at a whole new level. We can receive spiritual nourishment from the vine if we connect to the vine and accept the ways of Christ inwardly. Each day we can tap into the vine, the truth, and the way of God with our inward authority, and learn from it. We can practice God's righteousness and live by it. We can choose nourishment, which can feed our hearts and minds with God's good, or we can ignore it and pursue worldly desires, which can dry us up inside and wither us away. Let's look at John 15, verses 9 through 10. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. See the word if again? Jesus says, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. But then Jesus describes what that is. Abiding in Jesus' love is Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Let's be clear. We can choose to bring God's ways into our minds right now. We can go and love someone. We can practice it imperfectly. We can slow down, pause, wait for God. We can calm our inward selves and ponder God's beauty. We can choose to do this. We can get ourselves to do it. We can focus on it. We can pray for willingness. We can pray for humility to listen and learn. We will need to apply diligently self-discipline to correct our thinking and think in a new and different way the way of truth, the way of life with Jesus. It is a struggle. It can be uncomfortable. We won't always want to do it, but we can. We can do it. Jesus is laying out a benchmark or direction to grow. Remember, Jesus struggled and suffered to stay true to growing with God. I believe this is the part to focus on, not being exactly like Jesus, but to pursue growth with God as best as we can, just as Jesus did. Look at Hebrews 5, 9. And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. There is a lot going on in this verse. But let's look at a couple points. First, it describes Jesus as someone who was imperfect. Someone who needed to go through challenges and grow. Earlier in Hebrews 5, it says Jesus learned. Being with God is a process of growing and suffering and learning struggling secondly in hebrews 5 9 it says all who obey him notice the contingency it says all who obey him what does that mean about those who don't obey him it's not saying everyone who believes it says all who obey him this is where i hear bible scholars tell me it's the interpretation or something silly like that look look at the truth do what jesus said to do learn from the experience. John 15.11 These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Notice the word may. May is like maybe. Might. Might happen. It will be up to our own inward alignment with God. Our pursuit of this to remain with Jesus. We will need to choose to orient our thoughts, our heart, our goals, our ambitions, our attitude To be with Jesus. We may remain or we may not remain. It's our choice and how we respond to our choice. I have made choices that I did not follow through with. And the results I got had everything to do with what I actually did. Not with what I chose to do. I can choose to rely upon God. But if I do not pause and wait for God and pray and meditate reflect upon God, I probably will not follow God. Notice the words in John 15:11, that your joy may be full. The NIV uses the word complete instead of full. Either way, there is a completion or filling to be done in us. In John 15:12, Jesus defines his commandment. He says, "This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you." The disciples are instructed to love as Jesus loved. This is precisely why Jesus washed their feet, to demonstrate. Jesus demonstrated caring and compassion with his disciples. We need demonstrators. Verse 13 and 14 says this, Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. Notice the word if. If you do whatever I command you. Jesus is describing great love as an action. Great love is to lay down one's life for his friends. But when Jesus defines what his friends are like, if we are a friend of Jesus, we do whatever he commands. Go ahead and read the rest of this on your own. Watch for clauses and conditions. Discuss with others. Most importantly, begin to sense love, peace, forgiveness, mercy, compassion, truth, and justice with sincerity and humility. Pray for such things, think about such things, and bring them inwardly every day. These principles can fill our souls if we live by them. Confusion is often part of the journey. The way out of confusion is a developmental process of aligning our inward being with God. This is so we can sense the good in these principles. The more we think, sense, and behave with God's goodness and righteousness, the more we can understand it inwardly. This can increase our faith. We can imperfectly grow into that which is perfect. Stand firm, stay the course, keep learning, and stay focused upon doing the next godly right thing. May you be with God.